0: All right, episode 339 presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close and uh Thomas Vanek coming up. Now granted, everyone needs to understand that we recorded this with Thomas before Power signed his contract. So we kind of do a full little Sabres preview to the opening night and the season and stuff and the Dalling contract yeah. and all of that stuff, yeah. but but um All these young players in Buffalo just seem to be getting paid tons of money as a smokescreen, eh? First, the Bills lose in England, and they announce, hey, come on, get Darlene signed. Then Terry's got to fire two more executives, and he's like, bury this one. Sign power. Announce power tonight. Anyway, regardless of why it's done, it's done, and it's seven years, and it's uh, $8.35 per year and as you pointed out in the conversation before the show uh both defensemen signed for
1: 19.35 million dollars I think it was kind of around the ballpark what we were talking about you know back back months ago when we were discussing this you know we were thinking that Owen power would come in somewhere around 8 million we were thinking Dolleen would come in somewhere around 10. Uh, and, and looking at those two defensemen, two, um, number one first pick overall defensemen playing on the same team and having these two guys locked up for the next eight, seven, eight years is just, or actually, I shouldn't say that both for eight years because Owen Power still has, um, uh, power his... for eight and Darlene for nine. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, Kevin Adams has got to be sipping some pretty damn good wine tonight because, uh, you know, congratulations to him. Congratulations to the Sabres. This is a big, big moment. This is a massive, massive moment for the Buffalo Sabres to sit here and have these two these two players sign for for the next eight and nine years.
0: Well, hold on a second.
1: I don't want to just jump. Too far past Powers
0: signing today and take away from that. But you also have to chalk up uh Samuelson as well. I mean, you have your three cornerstone defensemen locked up for the next well, what's Samuelson got? Another seven years? Does his seven-year deal kick in this
1: year? It starts this year. Um, and when you're and when when I when I spoke about him, you know, last year when he signed the deal, I think I might have been the only person on the planet that understood how important a player like he is to the hockey team. Yeah. The contract was mocked. He was mocked. No goals in the
0: NHL, 50 games. And now he's getting a 70, 56, year deal.
1: 56 games. And he got paid. And, yeah. and guess what? I got mean, the
0: bag after 56 games.
1: And it, is that the bag? I don't <laughs> think he got the bag
0: after 56 games. It is.
1: But how that's many, not the how conversation. Many, how many do Owen power play? It starts.
0: uh his 7 year deal starts today?
1: 82 games last year? That's a goddamn bag. Okay. Okay. That's a bag. <laughs> okay. One year in the league. All
0: right. I apologize for my misuse of the of the Mattias Samuelson. Bag. It's still, it's still he, new to me.
1: He, he he can't be overlooked. Absolutely incredible contract, and we're going to be sitting here, and probably two years from now, two years, we're going to be sitting there laughing our heads off at that uh, Mattias Samuelson uh, contract. So let's $4.3 million a year is absolutely it is highway robbery what, what Kevin Adams put on on that poor young man. Tell me because the, he is gonna outgrow that contract within a year. Tell me the young core of this
0: team who's locked up right now. You have Tage and Cousins for the next seven years each. Mind blowing. Mind blowing that you have those two young for
1: fourteen point one two five million between the two of them. Yep, your two so, number one and your number two center, um, two guys that uh, uh you know doll or um, cousins last year scored thirty one goals as a twenty one year old, you know Cage Thompson, I think he's twenty five, scored forty seven last year. I mean these are these are your two pivots uh, down the middle for seven more years. You look at Alex Tuck has, has a, a number of years on his contract I would say grossly underpaid at 4.75 um Jeff Skinner locked up for four more years a contract that um uh, a contract that probably still to this day I don't um I don't love but I will I will tell you this Jeff Skinner had one hell of a year last year, playing on the line with with Tuck and, and Thompson, he uh, he's, and it, he's Craig. He's doing.
0: Sorry to interject here. I I just want to make sure I get this point out. He's doing everything everything he can, I believe, to maximize his value. I really believe that. I think he wants to try to give the team every ounce of that he can to to make that contract as justifiable as possible. I think that weighs on him. I hope it does, because he signed it. But... Yep. So I want to go back to the old power contract here for a second. Why seven years, not eight? Why seven years,
1: not a bridge deal? He's going to play this year out on his entry-level deal. I think he makes $925,000. Then he's going to have seven years added to that that'll take him till he's 29 years old at 29 years old own power will be in his prime so think about that contract that he's going to sign when he's 29 years old that will he'll sign another eight-year deal and it will be a lot bigger than what he's currently making now so this is a great deal this is This is job security. This is life security for not only him, but his family. And and he doesn't have to think about money ever again the rest of his life. This now is just about getting better every single day, enjoying the ride, and trying to win a championship. That is it. That is all this young man has to think about now. He doesn't have to think about contract, doesn't have to think about money, doesn't have to think about paying bills. He just has to think about how do I utilize what Buffalo has given me and how do I become the best defenseman I possibly can be? And if I can do that, I will give this team a much better chance of winning a Stanley Cup someday. That's how good this defenseman is going to be. He hasn't even come close. To, to touching his ceiling. He is many years away from that also. Um, you look at you look at Rasmus Dahlin, who's 23, who's going to be turning 24. He's not at a ceiling. He's years away from being the best player that players play many, many years to hit their ceiling. And then you want to hold that ceiling as long as humanly possible before your body starts breaking down. I I I'm certainly not
0: suggesting that it's a bad deal, but I'm saying that I love for it. Owen. For, no for Owen power. I mean, for, but I was going to say that I was getting to a point when I saw Darlene sign for 11,
1: I was wondering if power might get to nine, you know, well, like I, we mentioned I, that a couple, a couple times on our podcast that once you saw 11 for Darlene, you immediately were thinking, well, I mean, it's going to be a real difficult contract to sign Owen power for anything less than, you know, eight and a half, nine million. That's that's what we were talking about. When you're talking about a seven year deal for Owen Power at eight point three five, which is a tremendous amount of money. And he's got he's not worth eight point three five million dollars right now. He's not worth that. But you said but in the a same year thing from about, now, two years from now, yeah, is he gonna be worth thing. eight point eight point three five million? Yeah, you said that exact same
0: comment about Drew Dowdy when he signed that that $7 million or $7.5 million well, there, deal. We
1: talked about that. And I remember him signing the very first, the very first deal. He was a very, very young player. He came out of entry level deal. He was one of those young defensemen and it, and it didn't happen a lot in the NHL at the time, back, back years ago. But Drew Doughty signed that eight year deal that for $7 million a year, everybody, was their jaw dropped and he was worth nowhere near $7 million at the time. But here's the thing at the end of the deal, he was an absolute steal. He was a steal in the NHL. He was one of the top defensemen for years and years on that contract. So at the beginning of it, he wasn't worth the money at the end of it. He was clearly surpassed, uh, what he was being paid. So, I think that's kind of what you're you're looking at with this type of defenseman in own power, is he has a ceiling that is so untapped that we don't we you you don't really know what you're gonna get out of this this young player yet. For those people that thought that Pup Darlene's contract was too
0: much, does this Does this kind of soften that a little bit
1: because of the number? Are you that happy with with the numbers? I'm not I'm not super unhappy with Dolleen's contract, even at eleven million dollars. Do I think they do I think the sabres won the deal? No, I don't think they won the deal. I think the sabres would have loved nothing more than to have Rasmus Dolen around 10, 10 million dollars a year. I think that's kind of where they would love to have him. But with push and punch and shove and, you know, the upper hand, which I think is is uh, Rasmus Dahlien had, it basically came down to you have a defenseman that loves the play in Buffalo. Now, that's hard to say for, for a lot of people in this league. I hate to say uh, Buffalo fans, I hate to say it, but there's not a whole lot of people that want to come to Buffalo to play. And when yeah, you've and got it, a star, when you have a legit superstar on defense that wants to play here, you can justify paying him $11 million and never look back and never yeah, regret and it. I, I, I do remember someone reminded me in my inbox, I actually went back
0: and started reading some of the stuff from the last week and someone said, you know, I got to go back and find when you said that $11 million is egregious and trade them. And I i actually do remember saying that in conversation mm-hmm. that was back a while ago. And I'm not, listen, I'm not justifying your backpedaling on what I said, but I also, we come to learn that the salary cap is going to go up more and more every year, starting next year by four or 5 million bucks a year. That's significant knowledge, right? Cause at the time, I think we assumed it was only going to go up a million for another few years. Mm-hmm. Then it never occurred to me in my wildest dreams that Dalene would want a four-year deal. So when when they got him for eight years, yeah, at the number that you know we were kind of we heard was like a short-term figure—four years, five years, eleven million—I'm all set with this, and even more so now with power at eight point three five. Yep. Anything to add? That's it.
1: Thomas all I know, is, coming up,
0: all I know is some preview. of those
1: league minimum guys on the team, all those guys making league minimum, they ain't paying for any dinners this year. Oh, he's going to have to buy something big, eh? Something big. You should be buying every single solitary road trip.
0: Not this year, though. Next
1: year. Nope. Starts now. No, doesn't start now. Power, too.
0: Power doesn't get off easy. Cousins. Jeff Skinner. It's a lot of big
1: ticket guys on the squad, man. The tips are going to be good. All those trainers at the rink. That's what I think about a Willie and George and all the boys. They're all probably thinking, holy shit, man. Christmas is going to be good this year.
0: Better get into the hammies. Nice and deep boys. These guys have cash to pay now. Holy shit. (laughs) If you've been in a car accident and need a personal injury attorney, call not only our friends at Salino Law, but fans of After the Whistle at 800-555-5555.
1: Car crash, call Salino. Get in the game at the Sports Lounge. The Sports Lounge at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino.
0: Is the place to watch the action and place your wagers. Taking the games and matches on the big screen TVs. Place your bets and order whatever you need all in one place. The Sports Lounge at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino.
1: Thomas Vanek, when is the last time you have done Pilates? Pilates, never. You have you've never think, done Pilates. I think I no. probably. Probably could have answered you that. as a player in the NHL. Has did you do <laughs> yoga? You done yoga?
0: I tried
2: hot yoga once. It's too hot. I'd rather sit in my sauna.
1: Okay. Wow. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> I went to a uh, I went to a Pilates session last Wednesday. It, it's my first. It's my first session that I've basically done anything.
0: Did you get that sweater at the checkout?
1: Here we go. Here we go. L- listen to the friggin bird in the in the upper upper deck there, but um I did really well. The lady said she was very impressed. I'm shaking like crazy. Uh and uh you know trying to trying to um strengthen the body up a, bit, a little bit. But oh my god, the last week I can't believe how tight my groins, my back, my hip flexors, thighs, everything. And it's just uh I've got another session today. Can't wait. Firing up the hate machine and uh it's all for the my golf game. This is, has nothing to do with anything else but golf.
2: Now I heard Pilates is great, but you, you don't think like once a week that's going to be enough for your golf game? Or you, uh, I think right you, you now help?
1: I think right now it takes me a week to recover.
2: <laughs> but i think it's even when we played right like you you take i don't know three weeks off and then you go and work out and the first time you do squats
1: you can't sit you can't down sit on, on the down on the shitter a, <laughs> oh. yeah, you can't sit on the oh. shitter
2: for about a week oh you're, oh I, God.
1: you're you're like air dumping for like literally three <laughs> four days because you're you can't even put your ass cheeks on the seat it's it's amazing, that's how much that's it? <laughs> that yeah. is
0: hilarious
2: no so oh, yeah. I mean, have you guys played a uh, pickleball
0: Man, why do you ask about Yeah, pickleball? why do you ask that?
2: No, because, you know, Riv brought up his Pilates story in sore, and I've played pickleball. I mean, it's not like I'm a, I am ai go a lot, but I play on occasion. And when I do play, it's always been doubles, which is great, right? You just serve it, take a few steps, and then it's kind of hand-eye for me, which I enjoy. A couple months ago, my brother was in town, and he's huge into pickleball. So I'm like, well, let's go. And we played one-on-one, and we played, I don't know, four games? My calves and whatever other muscles are down there, I could not walk for like a week. I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Doubles this for me. Oh my god, shin splints, wow, ankles, calves. Oh, I'm like, what a nightmare. It looks so easy though, but yeah, so doubles and pickleball and golf and a cart. I'm gonna stick
0: to that. Well, I guess you have to have a new respect for the elderly that play pickleball, eh, Van? For their calf strength. Season opener for the Sabres. A lot going on with this team. They got a new $11 million defenseman, not until next year. They've got a 13th overall pick that made the lineup. Mm-hmm. And they also have a rookie goaltender. A lot of expectations for this team.
2: Potts is high. it's great to have hockey back, first of all. I think it was nice. Even though I was watching a little playoff baseball, then had a... Uh, practice to go to but it's just nice having hockey on and um uh, thank god it's regular season and then not preseason. even though i didn't watch a preseason game it just lingered but uh yeah sabre i think it's the first time since we have been there really where there's expectations to me to to not just make even a push for the playoffs but actually be in the playoffs so I mean, it's it's we we talked about this to an extent last year. I think it's a team that's they can score goals like crazy. And it's gonna come down to goaltending and then their ability to defend.
1: Do you think that they, you know, obviously when you when you talk about the ability they could score a lot of goals. They proved that. I think they came fourth in the league in in goals for. When you talk about the goals against, they were also the youngest team in the league. They are currently Still, the youngest team in the league, but with maturity and a few a few decisions made on the back end, um, do you feel that the team has enough to kind of solidify the defensive part of the game uh, moving forward?
2: I have no idea. I I have no idea to be honest. It's Only not time like will it tell. to to me. It's it is because you you. You didn't bring in, I think you brought in good character players, obviously, in, in, in EJ and uh, what's the other defenseman? Maybe a little bit Connor younger, Clifton. but he, you know, he's been at Clifton. He, he's been in the Bruins organization, which we all know how high character of an organization that has been yeah, over the last decade You definitely want or, him or to bring
0: some of that over. You know what right. I mean? Definitely, it's like, bring, it's like That's like sucking a guy out of the old New Jersey regime or exactly. even the Islanders now.
2: Yeah, so, so obviously no concerns on that part of it, but Does that mean it translates into better defense on the ice? I have no idea. And I mean, you guys have no idea. You're not there at practices watching what they're doing, what they're working on. I think those are um, questions that are, are, are tough to answer for anyone unless you're inside of that building and you get a good glimpse of what they work on.
0: Uh, I want to stay on this topic. I w- obviously, I want to get to Darlene, and I mean, I don't even know if you care about the fact that uh, Zach Benson is sticking around here in Buffalo. But, um, you know, while we're talking about all this, all I can think about is Devin Levi, Devin Levi, you know, rookie goalie. You were here when Millsy kind of started to hit his stride, but was still at his youngest point on the team. Was When was there a point, if you can remember, that you were like, okay, Millsy's totally adjusted to this league and he is now a, 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 a starter in the NHL. Do you uh, do you remember that moment or were you too focused on your own time in the league? Because it was kind of around the same years, wasn't it?
2: To me, yeah. I mean, to, to me, I knew Ryan was uh, a top 10 goalie. And that's me, even without playing an NHL game, was, was the lockout year we played together in Rochester. Just because I I saw him practice each and every day and I, and he loved working, you know, asking me to work with him before and after and then doing my half slap shot because he hasn't seen that before. So you could see right there and then that he's got all the tools and then in the games, it just carried over like his calmness and his presence. So I I think everyone who was on that team knew the next year he was going to play for the Buffalo Sabres and have an impact. So with him, there was never a time in Buffalo. I felt like, Oh, now he's the guy. I I felt like from day one that he was going to be the guy, but he was also surrounded with a Marty Buran who had experience at the NHL, Amika Noronen. So if he wasn't forced to play, so that's going into the defenseman. season, going forced to play yeah. 65, 70 games. So, did that help? I would think mentally that helped for sure.
0: See, the only thing, the only thing preventing me from buying all into Levi, is just the fact that he doesn't have what you said. You just that the that year in the minors where he was the most dominant goalie in the league, and 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 not only that, man, he was dominant in the American hockey league during the NHL lockout year, when the American hockey league might've been as the most stacked as it ever was. Correct.
2: I don't know. I'm I I think college hockey is really good. Is it, is it the NHL? Of course it's not. I think this goalie is legit. I think he's shown at the end of the year that he can play at this level. So I'm not concerned that he can play and steal games. The only concern is, and, and I can only speak, this is as a player where you actually, you you know, you you can get sheltered as a player playing a little bit less if you're not going well. But 82 games, that's a lot of games. Can he do it for 40 games even? I have that's That's the big picture. Can he do it in four, five, six-game stretches like he shown last year? For sure. But a whole season, that's a big ask. And especially I mean, it's it. a big ask when uh, you don't have veteran goalies to teach him those ropes. To, to tell them, hey, maybe take a day off here. Maybe do this. Forget about this game. I mean, you have three goalies that all want to be starters. Sometimes it's good for competition. But is it great for a working environment? I. It can go both ways, right? My
1: only concern with Devin Levi is, you know, he's very much on the same trajectory as as Miller. You know, Miller played three full seasons in college where, uh, because of the covid year Devin Levi only played two full seasons and in those two full seasons they were they were breathtaking they were incredible incredible seasons for a goaltender um it's time for him to to move to the pro ranks my my only concern is there is a an extreme amount of pressure on this young man because he does not have a legit backup, or a 1B beside him. Ryan Miller played 170 games, approximately 170 games in the minors. Devin Levi's played zero. And he's going to go from from playing a 40, what is this, a 40-game season in, in college
2: About to that, now yeah. all of a
1: sudden have pressure an extreme amount of pressure each and every night, whether you can say, well, the kid's super mature and he's this and he's that he's never, he's never felt like what it's like on a regular basis, going through your ups and downs throughout a season. He has never played a full season in the national hockey league. I'm talking the travel. I'm talking when you're in, when you're in college, you go play what two games on a weekend banner. Is that, is that your schedule? And then you pretty much have the week. To, to prepare and, and get healthy and train?
2: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you, you might have the. App not, you know, don't have that. Okay, in the but, NHL. But you're playing twice a week.
1: You're playing on the weekend, and then you're playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, it, it is a constant, you're constantly, constantly playing. There is no downtime. If you're injured, if you tweak something, if you're sore, if you have a bad back, you don't have time like you have in but, college to prepare. And, and I agree with.
2: I, every point you made is is valid and it's legit because we've been there and done that but the only thing I always ask when I hear this why does he have so much pressure on himself like he's got no pressure he's a rookie trying to make this league and trying to establish himself as a as a number one goalie so he know what you know what, the, you know what the pressure, pressure is
1: pressure. the pressure has come from everyone on the outside. It has come well, from how of his that en- it's his timing of his entry onto the team. Really? Sorry, Riv.
2: Yep. yep,
0: It's because the, the team is now at a point, the players, the 18 guys ahead of them in the lineup every night are expected to be good enough to be a playoff team. But the biggest question mark is in net. So, I don't expect him to play sixty games or sixty-five games this year, but if he plays forty, that's that's a half a season of full pressure on a team to get him to the playoffs. That means he's got to win twenty-two of those.
2: I don't know. Right? I, I just I, maybe I see pressure differently because the kid just go in and play. I mean, he is the young goalie. I mean, the, the team in front of him, even though they're young. I, I know you said it's the youngest team. Do you guys have the stat of games played by youngest team? I feel like a lot of their young guys have played a good amount of games in this league.
1: It's a good point.
2: So at some point, And we have well, they also have people. a whole
1: lot that haven't though. Owen power was this first year, JJ J. Paterka, Jack Quinn. They have a lot of players that have played very few games. Now you're bringing in. A a, a Zach Benson, the 13th overall pick this year, he Mm -hmm. made the team. uh, uh, He's 18 years old Mm -hmm. on already the youngest team in the league. You have a rookie goaltender that you say, well, he shouldn't have pressure. Well, he does have pressure because everybody has told him how great he is. And, and they've made him larger than life. Like he is going to be one of the saviors. Like he's they're immediately telling- going to be a top five, top 10 goaltender in the league Man, in his rookie season. They're selling star Wars t-shirts. Yeah, but that's not the kid's fault. I know it's not the kid's fault. This has nothing to do with the kid, the kid, so Kevin Adams and Don Granato must feel that this kid is a special, special mental, like a brain that they yes, feel that they can deal with what's being presented to them. I'm talking about every single Tom, Dick, and Harry uh, media member right. have put, has put this kid on a pedestal, which is going to make it harder for the young man.
2: I don't know. I, it, it, again, it's it's all how is it communicated. Is, and Kevin's a great communicator. I guarantee you the kid will, he, he'll start. And then if it goes sideways and he's not ready, then you have to go to the minors. And then season your game and ride the bus. How much would, does he bat- need to go
1: to the minors though? that That's what I'm saying, Vanner. I don't think he needs to go to the minors. My thing is he has been g- given the keys to the castle. Where is his backup? We have two goaltenders right now. We, we have three goaltenders on the roster again. Guess what? I have never been on a team that has had three goaltenders and I don't think it works. We did. Why can Van, they we- not? have two goaltenders and have a veteran guy, whether they feel that's um, whoever they want to pick out of the Eric Comrie. If they feel that Eric Comrie is a guy to solidify things that can possibly take over the reins, if need be, then that needs to happen. But there's a lot of question mark going into the season and three guy, three guys in the roster. I think it's three
2: guys in the roster because you probably didn't have to make a hard choice to send anyone on waivers and you can keep 23, right? Yeah. If there if there would have been an extra forward they wanted to keep and not expose on waivers, one of those goalies would have been gone. That's that's what tells me that the free goalie system. And yeah, also, you know how it goes a week into the season. Goalies usually don't get picked up unless there's an injury. If they would expose one of those before the rosters haven't been made, maybe you lose one of them and they don't want to lose any of them. And they didn't have to put them on waivers.
0: You also have the, uh, the conditioning stint option. You know, there's always the old conditioning stint down to the minors, UPL or Comrie, you know, who knows how that goes, but um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how they start out. I mean, the start of the season is massive for the Sabres. Darlene, eight times 11. Thoughts on the deal? I mean, were you surprised? Hell of a player,
2: hell of a deal. I mean, I I, I think you guys were right on it that the number probably was going to be lower. And there's a reason (laughs) that deal didn't get done in July or August because that number wasn't going to be... Okay, with uh, Darlene and his his agents, right? So they kept hammering away on it, and this is the number they got at. Would you would you like to see him? Like you guys touched on, closer to a number of a McAvoy. Absolutely, but it is what it is, right? You, you, me... you wait and you sign a guy two years later. It's gonna cost you a bit more.
0: Well, let me a ask you this. In. So who who and you? Give me your top five defensemen in the NHL.
2: I don't know. I don't okay, know give me two. There's... Give me
0: two, three, four, and five.
2: Well, to me, Makar is one. Yes. And then, from two to I don't know, two to seven and eight, I think they're all really good. From the McAvoy's, the Heiskanen's, the Yossi's, the Hedman's, the Dalene, Fox, Fox. I mean, you can rattle off. <laughs> Six, yeah. seven, eight, and fifty—you know—and and after the season, we can do a breakdown, and Deline would be number two in scoring, and Eric Carlson. We forgot Latang. Like you, you can rattle off any of those guys and be like, "Oh, this was the second high score," and you'll be like, "Yeah, that makes sense." I mean, Yossi has put up ninety some points. Would you be shocked that he's gonna lead the league right behind Makar, or maybe even in front of Makar? No. Would you be shocked if that's Fox? So to me, Makar is the one who I would pick just because his game is just not I think even It's points.
1: undeniable, right? I think everybody is going to pick Kale Makar because of the intangibles, not only a point producer, everything else that goes with it. I think Kale Makar is the best player.
2: If I don't get McDavid and I can get a McKinnon, I'm not going to be that upset about it. I think Nathan McKinnon is, is, is an absolute beast. But on the D side, if you tell me I can have Makar and then my next choice is one of those seven, eight, we just rattled off. I'm not going to be unhappy, but I'm like, God, we really missed out on the best guy.
0: That's how I look at it. I'm going to keep saying this. Kale McCarr is the best player in the NHL.
2: The most impactful
0: player. There you go. By far. By far. I don't know about
2: by far. I mean, McDavid is—he's a, a. Well, hold <laughs> McDavid, on a second. Mc, I'm no, never going to say by far when a guy like McDavid can okay, do. 150 did you watch, points. you I guess this is like that. The, in
0: this is the years. second time in two weeks I've referenced this show. Did you ever see East and Down? I have. Instantly, I regret saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I said that. But, a lot. I say that a lot, man. In my, I head. can't. Like, I can't fuck, jump on I board with that? you.
2: I can't jump on board with you if you start in a franchise that Makar is your number one pick. I could go ahead, absolutely. But saying by far, <laughs> no, nah, I'm not going to go there.
0: Okay, sorry. I definitely apologize about that to everybody. No, you're there.
2: fine. But I just, it's it's when you, when you have those, I can't wait. I guess that I think Colorado plays tonight. I think the Oilers play tonight. I can't wait to see what those guys are going to do start off the year with a quick four or five-point night and just be right back at it.
1: Or you could be a team that loaded up like the Pittsburgh Penguins to make their final, their last run at it and get beat by Chicago Blackhawks. Rivs.
2: you have been on teams like this, I'm sure. What happens when you have 10, 11, 12 new players?
1: Yeah, it takes a little time.
2: It takes a little time. I think that team will be okay. Are they great? I don't think so. I think they're going to have to figure out a certain style to play. But when you insert that many new faces, I don't. It, it takes a little bit. I don't care about training camp. Training camps, that doesn't do anything. Too many guys are around. It's just got to be the team, and they oldest have to practice in the it league. as a
1: team. I don't know if this means anything to you, but it's the oldest team in the league. Their average age, get this one. Average age is thirty point eight or something. That's yeah. insanely old. In this, no, but Cros- Crosby still plays like he's twenty eight.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I have no issues with that. I Crosby's
1: is unreal. is, is Malkin playing like he's twenty eight? No, he's yeah. not. Is 31. is Jeff Carter playing like he's twenty eight? No, no, 43, maybe. Yeah, but is
2: Jeff you Carter know, playing minutes like he has when he was 28?
1: I know, but if, if you're going to play Jeff Carter in, in a 10-minute role, then why not have someone who's younger, feistier, maybe wants more because he hasn't gotten what Jeff Carter has gotten in his career. The The hunger factor is a big, big, big piece to to a puzzle on a hockey team, you do not want complacency, and I find in Pittsburgh, there's complacency there. I
2: don't know about which complacency, I think is going to There people. is what what's the biggest asset the Sabers have?
1: The biggest asset, youth,
2: youth, and their prospect pool is enormous right now. And any team that makes runs, what happens to their assets?
1: They all out. go to. They all. They're all gone. They're all gone. Go look at Toronto Maple Leafs. They don't have a pick for <laughs> the next eight years. Boston Bruins. All of these Bruins.
2: teams that compete. The Vegas Golden Knights. When's the? I, I I I can't even name you a guy. And this is a franchise that's what year seven. Has a first round pick ever played for them that they drafted? Who's that? Vegas. I mean, they, they, that's a team from the day one. They traded away assets to be good. I can't yeah. name one 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 guy on their team that's a first round pick by Vegas that's that's playing in that lineup.
1: And the funny I mean, thing at is, at some we point, sit
2: here- and we have talked this at some point to take that next step to win a Stanley Cup. Well, you're gonna have to trade assets.
1: But when is that time Banner? So it comes it goes full circle to what we're talking about with Zach Benson, 13th mm-hmm. overall pick this year in the two t- 2023 uh draft. he he ended up putting up eight points in preseason. I know you don't really care a whole lot about preseason, but he, this young man made the team. Mm-hmm. He's a feisty, talented hockey IQ is through the roof. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he delivers when he plays the game, okay? This young man, 18 years old, makes the team. Is this the right move for a team that has not made the the uh, the playoffs in 12 years? Is this the right move for a team that is already the youngest team in the National Hockey League? Is there a time? When is the time, I'm asking, when is the time that Kevin Adams feels – that it's the right time to make a move, maybe package um, some a prospect here and there to go and, and make this team significantly better through a trade. When is that time?
2: Well, I'm not going to answer that because I think I touched on it last year. But the time is whenever G- the GM and whoever else is in charge... Says it's time, so it's it's not. It's not for you to say. It's I mean you can have your opinion on it, and I to me it's the the time is always when you think you have enough young guys that can elevate their games, which the Buffalo Sabers I think have. They have, have but, a ton of young guys. But does
1: Kevin Adams feel that he needs maybe another year? He doesn't want to say it out loud. Doesn't want to say it out loud. Is he happy with Cage Thompson and Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner as the top line? Damn right. Is he happy with Owen Power and Rasmus Dalin, young guys? Or does he feel well, that on. Dylan Cousins, who's only 22, and and Jack Quinn, who's 22, and J.J. Paterka, who's only 20, are? does he still feel that those players need another year before Kevin Adams goes all in? I could totally
0: get on board with that. If I were him as a GM, as a fan, that's hard to swallow after 12 years. Yes. But as a as a GM, as a GM and an owner, if you can sit there and just provide one more year of exciting hockey and a lot of young exciting players to be like holy shit it's even getting better. Maybe we didn't make the playoffs again but but then you go and make the trade for those players? From a franchise standpoint, and an extra year of job security, by the way, I would be all on board for that. It's the impatience of the fan base, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter what the outside world thinks. It's what the
1: the plan is on the inside. Well, so, you say that, but the outside but, world matters because when there's noise, there's pressure. When there's pressure, but decisions- if you're maybe are altered Van, van back me up or hammer me down on this one. I, I, but
0: if a general manager, I'm with you, PD,
2: keeps- but here, here's the other scenario. What did we say last year, right around this time about the Boston Bruins?
0: That they weren't going to make the playoffs.
2: Yeah. Did we sit here and be like, God, this team's going to be really good and come to the deadline. They're going to trade all their assets to make another run. So you don't know this team. We, we just said it earlier. This team can score. Can they defend? Time will tell. But come come February, if they're really, really good, who is who is to say that they're like, holy shit, this team, we got something here. But maybe we got to add a piece up front. Maybe we got to And then the time is the time. But at the same time, like you said, Petey, if come January and February, they're just right there again, battling for the wild card, then maybe you probably just let it play out.
1: Well, here's the thing. This is the best part about being on this pod, about being a part of after the whistle, okay, is I get to give my opinion on a on a personal slash fan. <laughs> my fan, my fan voice says, Kevin, get off your goddamn ass and go and trade some younger players and a draft pick. To make our team better so we don't have to deal with an 18-year-old in the lineup or someone that can help solidify this, that can put us over the edge. Where people look at our team and go, oh my God, Kevin Adams went and trade for this player, and that's going to put him over the edge. Now take that hat off. And into the playoffs. Now take that hat off. Then I take the freaking hat off. I go into Craig the player Craig that has been around the game an extremely long time. And I totally understand what Kevin Adams doing. And I agree with everything that he's done so far. And if I didn't, I would tear him apart, but I don't, I agree with everything. I, I understand what he's doing with Zach Benson. He's biding time and experience and gaining experience um, through play. And this team, I heard this word a couple times, this team is set up for sustained success. Success, excellent. Thank you, Andrew. Not that hard of it's word, set just... up for sustain, sustained, sustained success. For many, many years to come. Not only do they no, have, have something special on the ice, they have something special in the minors. They have something special in the prospects pools on defense, on, on the forward line. This team is set up for a very long time. And you're going to have all this. There's not a team in the league right now that is set up like the Buffalo Sabers. There, there might be a few comparables like New Jersey and that have pretty damn good prospect pools themselves, but Buffalo is set up for a very oh, long time.
2: Revs, would you say fifteen years later, it's hockey heaven?
1: Sustained.
0: <laughs> s- <laughs> I would. I would have to go out on a limb and say that has been sustainedly unsuccessful. <laughs>
2: Hey, I I don't know this today today is weird. I'm agreeing with ribs too much because I agree the whole Benson thing. I think they're keeping him around because he's too good for junior hockey. And the other thing I am with ribs again and against PD the other day. I would never send those kids. And I actually had this conversation with someone a month ago. And this is why the college game is, is good because you can send them back to college hockey and season them. Some of these kids are way too good at 19 years old playing in the Canadian league because you're playing against 16 year olds in college. 16. When you're 19, you're playing against guys that are 23, 24. They're men. And I so, agree. And I said the same thing that Riv said. I'm like, I do not understand why more agents slash teams don't send guys to Europe. Thank awesome you. Matthews. A hundred percent. I would do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's literally, he's literally got his hands up walking around the room with his arms out like Rocky at the top of the stairs.
1: Sorry. I'm back. No, my a little first walk around.
2: call would be, Hey kid, you're going to be around here for next month. You're going to get some games. Okay. Okay. And guess what? Then you're going to burn. Can I tell you awesome. something?
0: The reason why, Slowly, the reason why, will take I, your
1: parents at age 19, your parents will go take a little trip to uh Bern yeah. in in Switzerland and play in one of the best most talented um professional Listen, leagues over I in I get Europe. it. Yes, Craig, I get it. I get it. You didn't uh freaking a week no, and a half ago. but the, there, only, buddy. Reason why, the
0: <laughs> only reason why, the only reason why I the only reason why I made the stance I made was because of the way the rules are. That's it. The The system is broken. What are the it, rules?
2: The well, rules. What?
0: I'll tell you, I'll tell you the issue here. And it's a completely different discussion and we don't have to have it right now, but where the system breaks with what you're saying versus what I'm saying is the simple fact that Canadian junior hockey players are deemed pros and they can't go to college After if they could go and play like in the USHL, the USHL Mm -hmm. is the exact same as the OHL or the WHL or the Q. The only difference is they have an affiliation with NCAA. So all these now they want to suck Canadian players like your Colby Ambrosios, for example, who went on to play at BU in his fourth round of Colorado. He can't go play for the Ottawa sixty sevens who drafted him because he can't go and play college after. If they would break that rule, you you'd be you'd see a completely different hockey. You wouldn't scale. have
1: the USHL. You wouldn't have the USHL. There you, there go. you, there you go. It would be the oh, USHL oh, you would definitely you would have the, the USHL. USHL. The USHL is a very and I mean very comparable league to the CHL the Western League, the Ontario League, and the Quebec Major Junior. Those three leagues are probably considered the three best leagues in the world for junior hockey. Then you have the USHL, which is kind of like considered maybe a slash just just below. If you open those rules to CHL players that they're allowed to go to college after the OHL or WHL, you will not have a, 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 a USHL. Everybody's gonna f- every every top player in the world is going to Thomas, go to the p- CHL. You p-
2: why? I don't know I, I, because it's the have best to...
1: because it's the best league in the world. There's no, more exposure. Yes, there is. Yes, it is.
2: No, no, the USHL is is the best junior league. Why? Why does own power come? Why does uh, Fantilli come?
0: Because they're going to NCAA. Yes, and, so and that makes field,
2: the and, USHL very, very strong. I think 10 years ago or even five years ago, I would say the OHL has been was stronger. I think that has shifted. I think the USHL, with the rules they implemented, I would even throw the BCHL in there now when they're away from Hockey Canada and they can yep. have more imports. That yep. that's another high, high level junior league in Canada. But what would that 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 Argument, PD you're making has nothing to do. You said last week to Rivs the Benson should go and win a Memorial Cup. That's that's super important. I don't think that's super important at all. Like it's, it's the kids is going to go and score 100 and some points. And maybe win. Yes, winning is great. But is this but game going to improve?
0: But, well, OK, but. My point to that was simply you can't send them to the American League.
2: No, but you can send him to Switzerland. You can send him to Sweden or can, or a Canadian can guy is not I, allowed to do that.
0: I I don't know. I don't know if that's allowed. Like Austin Matthews was kind of a uh it was it was like a a gray area because of his age. He wasn't going to college, but he maybe he was finished high school and he did, wasn't going to junior, but he didn't want to go to the NTDP, so he was kind of like a he was kind of like in a in no man's land where I feel like. I don't know that OHL players can go and play anywhere else. I'm I'm not sure what the rules are because I'm led to believe that if you're drafted and, and, and signed by an OHL team and you're not eligible for the American League, that you go
1: back to you go back to the OHL. Banner, I I agree with what you're saying. I just want to give you some statistics just so we can talk about it. Um, When you're drafted, so I went to the 2023 draft and the picks go by this. This is by country. 86 were drafted this year from Canada. 50 from the united states 24 sweden 19 russia 15 Finland, seven czechs slovak seven belarus and it just goes down to kind of small numbers then you get picks by league ohl had 35 players drafted the second league was the whl with 33 players drafted the USHL was actually a lot higher than anticipated. It had 26 players drafted and a large number of those players are the, are the, um, the U S development team, right? You take those U S development kids out, that number goes way down. And then, then you have uh Sweden Russia the the NDP has 13 so sorry sorry i take that back NDP had 13 players drafted off one team mm-hmm. so all i'm trying to say is if if you had a league where the OHL is is really strapped their players go there at 16 you end at 19 and after that you're pretty much done hockey if the OHL allowed players to go to college after, I think a lot of the kids that flee to the USHL to go college would would end in the, they would go to the OHL, WHL, Quebec, Major, Junior. They wouldn't leave Ontario to go into the States because it would allow them to do what they want and go go college but still play in the best junior leagues in the world. That's Right so, that's, so the
2: the Canadian guys would play in it it, it almost would almost be stay one the same big junior league. The Canadian guys would stay there and the American guys who choose not to go and go to the to the Western League they would end up and playing the USHL. I think it would it would even out. Like yeah. what's there is no difference if you play for the Chicago Steel or the London Knights besides the fan base and all the the, the expo- but as far as what I'm saying is the depth of kids are so big right now, it wouldn't eliminate 14 teams in the USHL because
1: those
0: 14 teams are not saying eliminate really I'm not good. saying
1: eliminate. I'm saying that the elite top-end kids in the USHL that go and play there, like for an example, Fantilli, yeah. okay, went to the USHL. He would not go to the USHL because he doesn't need to go to the USHL because he can play in the OHL, which is a a little bit higher-end league, and still be able to go to college that's what i that's what i feel that a lot of those players would do i feel the elite top players would not go to the ushl because it would allow them to go to the ohl whl and still play in those high end junior leagues for exposure that's all i'm saying but we could argue about this till we're blue in the face anyway right. they're they're all awesome leagues they're all awesome they are yeah trying to
0: get an answer to our Can an ohl player who's drafted by an nhl team go play in europe i'll see if i can do it in time
2: maybe maybe you're right maybe because i do know right the nhl has an agreement with the the canadian league so maybe um
0: i, I it wouldn't I,
2: be possible i have no idea
0: well, it's never been done, and you would think that it would have been done in the past, right? So it's just uh, it, it, like... Cause so what are, are s- you
1: asking a player like Savoy, who's played in like the nhl a Savoy, OHL, a Benson, yeah. Can he go over to the overseas? Sweden, overseas, Germany, yes. anywhere. hundred thousand percent. Why wouldn't he be able to do that?
2: That's kind of what I think. But unless the NHL has an agreement with the CHL that well,
0: then it doesn't would also- allow him to sign it, it, a
2: contract...
0: Yeah, but it would also take away from an import on one of those teams as well because they have import rules.
2: Yeah, it doesn't. I. I do. I, I. As long, I think, if the Buffalo Sabers or the Sharks, if if you sign somebody, I think you can loan him to anywhere you want. I would think, but maybe, maybe I should look this up before agreeing with Rivs. Well, but <laughs> even if we're wrong, we're saying the right thing. Because okay, so
1: tell me this. Because I just can. look at Austin Matthews. Why did Austin Matthews, at the age of 17, told you. why told you. did he go over to Aust- um, Switzerland? I already told you.
0: I think because he was 18. He, he had a late birthday, right? He's a late birthday. He he could
2: have he been- No, he, he was, he was going to be a senior in high school, and he already played a year at the development program, and he was too good for it. So they made a choice as a family with their agency that the best thing for him, because he wasn't going to go college, he was too good for college, that he, his draft year, he was going to go and play in Zurich.
0: But he was 18, with men. right? He was also 18, I think, that year. Because he he had turned 18. Because
1: he's a late birthday. He's the same birth year as Eichel and McDavid. You're right. You're correct. He's he's September 17th. So he's yeah. the later uh, birth year. Yeah. yeah.
2: So he went over there in August as a 17-year-old. And then a month 18-year-old. later, he turned 18. He would
1: have been an 18-year-old. Well, in September. In September. He would have turned 18. Yeah. yeah
0: yes but he, but if but van said he went over there in august as a 17
2: you know that's that's <laughs> when the european league starts so but either way it was a senior year in high school yeah. i do not think he graduated high school yet
1: he's doing all right without the uh he's got about a hundred piece of paper 20 million reasons <laughs> not to care about a high school diploma <laughs>
2: I, I'm well, not saying that he does. Maybe he does have it, right? I, I mean, all these junior kids, which we just talked about, they all do online school now, which is, it's that's the new, new hockey their, way.
0: Their billets are doing it for them. <laughs>
2: I don't know about that. <laughs>
0: hmm. uh, anyway, well, great stuff, man. Have you watched any of the Beckham documentary?
2: No, no. Oh, too busy oh, with, with kids hockey and everything, but. I usually like, get into my documentaries once once the season gets kicked in and there's a night off or something. The but Beckham. Have, have you watched it?
0: Oh, I've watched the whole thing. I watched it over Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> over in Canada, I just it was raining and I put it on. One night I watched two episodes and then it was raining the next day so I watched the next Oh my god, it was it is absol- I knew nothing about him. I always see David
2: would, Beckham, sorry to cut you out. He was okay. my one of my favorite soccer players growing up.
0: Was he really? See, so I can't wait okay. to watch it. Okay, so can I tell you let me let me this is amazing. Let me tell you what my impression of him was before I watched the documentary. And I, you can tell me if I'm if I'm on or not. Mm-hmm. I thought he was, but from what I've heard and read and all this stuff, that he was overrated, he had an attitude problem, and that he was married to a spice girl. And that he was fucking loaded. And then that he went to the LA Galaxy for some ridiculous amount of money. But I don't know how much or how, how long. Yeah,
2: I, I think what, what you're right on is that he married a Spice Girl and he went to the LA Galaxy later in his career for a business decision that's working out
0: yeah, pretty yeah. damn good. Well, now that I've watched the documentary, clearly I knew nothing about this guy. <laughs> okay. Because he is an amazing amazing human being seems okay. like amazing soccer player who was not overrated at all, just it's misunderstood bad. bad public press, man. That's what happens. I only ever heard the dirt.
2: Yeah, that's
0: well, that's, that's the world we live in. I think that, I only that's, ever heard that's the what dirt. comes
2: with, you know, marina a spice girl. Look at Travis Kelsey. I mean, how much attention is he getting right now? Not because he's a football player. But because Swift is hanging around and that was David Beckham 30 years ago for people who like you didn't know Beckham, but you know, that's
0: the documentary is unbelievable. And a lot of similarities to Craig too, with like the, the cleaning and the closet
1: being in order and everything, man, I don't know what your closet's like, but so my mom and dad just got here yesterday and my mom asked me. She's like, have you watched Beckham? I said, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. She goes, just <laughs> go and watch it. She goes, this guy is exactly like you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> That's all I can think about. That's all so I bought I my it.
1: dad a, uh, a, pair, a bunch of pair of jeans. Cause he's like, he hasn't had bought a pair of jeans in 10 years. Right. And I'm like, holy shit balls, man. So I go and buy him four pairs. I get him these skinny jeans. I get them all different kinds, like, right. So he can just kind of wear something and fit into something different. And then these bell bottoms that he's wearing, but he comes up to my room. True. Walks into my closet and he looks at my closet and he's like, Holy jumping! Everything just, Oh man, it's good. Even every hanger has got to be an inch and a half. uh, Well, that's what, so that's what spacing.
0: that's what made me think about Dan Pie too, Van, was, oh. was listen, no, listen, because you told me when I was, when I first became his roommate on the road, he told me, or you told me, you're like, watch, just, just move little things, like how he puts everything. And I would like bump his shoes. <laughs> and you told me all his tendencies. So in this Beckham documentary, Beckham goes in and they open his closet. Cause the guy's like a style, just freak. Eh? Like he's just such a stud. And yeah. he goes, oh, someone's been in here. My trousers are out of line or something like that. And he moved the hanger over, like, honestly, about a quarter inch. He moved it over a quarter inch. And he's like, someone's been in my closet. My trousers are out of line. Yeah. So then it made me think about Dan Pye. Anyway, makes me want to yeah. watch this even more.
2: I can't wait to watch it now as well. I mean, I was going to watch it anyways, but now I'm gonna to have to bump it up the you, list.
0: Back when you were good looking, Rip, you guys kind
1: of looked alike.
2: Jesus.
1: The abuse I take from this guy is just <laughs> the abuse. That's unguly. a hell of a
2: compliment, dude. That's the nicest thing he's ever said to you. <laughs> oh man.
1: I saw
0: that going completely differently in my head. <laughs> yeah, oh my Great stuff, man. Great having you on. Bye
2: Bye see you next week (laughs) Sorry I was I I can see your finger I was like he's reaching For the end button
0: (laughs) Now I'm just gonna hang up on you